today we are going to continue in our talk about chapter 1 of John, beginning with verse 6. It's a very important book, a lot of things that we need to learn from John. I think what, what draws me to John is the fact that it, it really identifies with the deity of Christ, but also the humanity of Christ. And it also deals with the impact of Christ. We accept him as Lord and Savior. For me, I think it's um, John really gets into uh, how we can stay connected to God and how our relationship with him grows and, and the importance of that, staying connected and, and growing in the Lord. All right. So, you know, we are in John. We are in the, the first book of John. We are here for you. You need to reach out to us. You know, you can reach us at our email. You can reach us on Facebook. It was found in my heart. You can leave a, a message there and get us from a place of non-existing relationship to an intimacy with God. So we're starting off in John 6. There's a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that through him, everyone might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light who gives light to every man who comes into the world. The true light who gives light to every man that he was coming into the world. And so we have these verses here. And I was reading the Berean uh, study Bible version. There was a man who was sent from God, and it tells you right there. Who was that man? John. John the Baptist, not the writer of the, this gospel, but John the Baptist. Um, do you have anything to add to the substance of who John is? And he was sent, which means that God sent him as a precursor to Jesus Christ. Yes. As I read that scripture, I thought about, and I think it goes into it in the chapter, about John's name, how it wasn't a name that identified him as Zacharias's son, because there was no one in the family who was called by that name. And so there was no one in the family who was called by the name of, of John. His name came directly from God. And God sent that name by his angel, Gabriel. And, you know, when Gabriel meant met with Zacharias, he said that I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. So that name, John, came from the mouth of God to his angel who went to Zacharias. And it says um, in Luke 1 and 13, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. So I thought that was, you know, that was really interesting to know that your name is right on the lips of God. And we know that God formed us in, in our mother's womb and he knew us even before we were born. But that's so, so interesting. When I read this scripture, I always think about when you talk about Je Zechariah and Elizabeth and these two individuals that were serious about God, you know, in that day for a woman to be barren 
was a was like a curse or, you know, a, people look at you, they talk about you, you don't have any kids, you don't, ba- you haven't bared, you're not a, in some ways, kind of stigma of you're not a woman enough. So I'm going to Luke and let me, let me tell you about something about these two people of God, this woman and this man of God. Luke chapter one, verse five, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and an ordinance of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. So the stage is set. These two people are, are faithful to God. They're older now. They're old. They're stricken in age. And they bear no children. I mean, I can imagine, even though I'm not a lady, a woman, I can imagine the woman feeling like your 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 womb is your place where you produce life and how that must have felt all these years. Still serving God, though, still serving God. Zachariah probably wanted somebody to carry on his name, but it wasn't happening. They got old. They've probably been praying so many times for uh, an offspring, but it didn't happen. They're stricken, they're older, and they're like saying, I guess we can abandon that ship. But they stayed faithful to God. And so it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office, according to the custom of the priest's office, he is, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, which is, was, a, was a cherished position to be in, to burn incense before the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at this time of the incense and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And so I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to go into the story, but if you need to read it, just read Luke first chapter. It goes through uh, the angel coming to Elizabeth and Zacharias and Mary and bringing on this scenario of the precursor, the witness of Jesus Christ. And so one of the things I want you to remember is that sometimes we are in a, in a low place in our lives that we have things that we want of God and it has not come. And, and like I said, this couple was probably praying for an offspring to be born to them, but it hadn't happened all the way into their old age. But they are still being servants of God. They still are following after God. They still are loving and doing the things that they, they know to do as servants of God. As a priest, he had to have read those prophecies. Little did they know that the one preparing the way for the creator of all things would be a son that they will bear in their old age. To me, man, I'm just kind of like, look at what God does. Do not expect God to do things the way you think he should or in the timing you think it should be done in. When God speaks and God does something, when he has a plan, it will come when it's supposed to come. For such a time as this, Elizabeth got pregnant. Yeah, that's that is that's something. As I was um was studying about John and who he is and you know where where did it the did the prophecies, you know, come from and looking back into the uh prophets, the book of the prophets. And um, and going back to who was who was John? You know, it says in verse seven, it says this man came for a witness 
to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. And then that took me to Luke, the first chapter and verses 16 and 17. It says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is who John is. This is what God had appointed him to be. And just like Jesus's life was prophesied years and years and years before his arrival, the same was for John. His life was prophesied years and years before his arrival. You know, and I, I, would, I was thinking, and I, I know that my parents or an angel did not visit my parents to mm-hmm. tell them that I was being born and to give them my name. At least my, they never told me that that's what happened. But I'm quite sure if it had happened, they would have said, hey, an angel appeared to us and they told us what your name was going to be. And they told us what you were going to be, what your purpose was going to be. That's not something that you keep a secret. So since they did not tell me that, I'm quite sure that's not the experience that they had, what Zacharias had when the angel came down and told him, you know, his wife was going to have a, a child and his that child's name was going to be John. This fantastic and this great news of this person being a forerunner for for the Lord. Like you just said, they read Zacharias being a priest, read that prophecy, but not knowing that he was going to be a part mm. of that prophecy. Like in Matthew chapter 11 and 10, it says, for this is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. He says, my messenger, John is the messenger of God before Jesus's face. And John will prepare Jesus's way before Jesus. When John was in the womb of Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus comes into the presence and, and John leaps in his mother's womb because of the presence of the Lord. And just to think about that, these babes, one being a forerunner and the other one being the Lord, it's like they both have such an important role in life. And it's just, it's so exciting to go back and read that all of this was prophesied, what you will be named, what you will do, It's like in Isaiah says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And uh, back to Luke, it says, and you, child will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of sins through the tender mercy of our God 
with which the day spring, which that day spring means a new era um, from on high, has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And, you know, I go, I go back to verse seven, where it says, this man, this man came for a witness. When the prophecy of John, it, it meant that he was, he was not going to die in infancy. He was not going to die in childhood because it says this man, he was going to become a man because he was going to fulfill the purpose that God placed in him, you know? And so when, when we get a word from God and he tells us something, we can be sure that it's going to be fulfilled. Nothing's going to happen to us before the time of that fulfillment. We're going to fulfill what he's called us to do. Amen. I, you know, just bring it to, to light is that when, when you get that word, when you understand, and that's why it's so important to get the promises of God in your spirit. Because if God said it, he's going to do it. And the reason why he's going to do it, and I'm finding this out as I read the Old Testament, the prophets and the the uh, prophets and the interactions with God, with the prophets and the people talking about the people of Israel and everything and the, and the, and the wicked that's coming against his people. What I realize about God is that he will honor his name. Mm-hmm. He will honor his name. And if the word of God says he will do it, he will do it because he is about his name. His name is holy. His name is true. And we are his family. And if he cares about us, like he cares about Israel. And if you read the old Testament, you see, he loved Israel. Even when they did wicked things, there was repercussions for those wicked things. But at the end of the day, they were still his and he still wanted to love on them and give them what he always wanted to give them their inheritance of him. And so we have to understand that when the word says something, get that word in you, proclaim it, declare it with confidence and boldness to know that God, if God said it, he will do it. It's just, will we have that confidence when we stand before people that don't agree with the word of God, with truth? Will we stand there boldly and declare that this is my God? When people are coming against us, when we stand there and believe that God is with us, we are representatives of his name and he will honor his name. He will stand in the gap for us. So you have anything else on that? You were doing seven or six right there. Yeah, that was uh, verse seven. And then I just had those supporting scriptures from Luke and from Isaiah. And and to me, that's so important because he, as as Joseph, as Moses, as we talked about before, he has a purpose and a plan of God and that he will come into existence fulfilling that purpose and that plan, regardless of what his childhood was like, regardless of the ups and downs of his life, he would fulfill the purpose and the plan of God as he stayed focused on God. As he stayed focused on God, he will fulfill what God desires for him to do. So so we have uh, verse eight. I just want to go back to um, what you just said, talking about the, the plans and the purposes of, you know, of John. And I think sometimes we don't we don't truly believe that that God has a plan and a purpose for us, maybe because of how we read it in Scripture, how the angels came and told them specifically what they were going to do. But not everyone in Scripture had that experience. We have to know 
that we are called and that we are chosen by God. And, and he tells us what he wants us to do, just like, you know, like John, he's preparing the way of salvation. He's bringing the knowledge of salvation before the Lord comes. And so now that the Lord has come, we have the same charge to take the gospel to the world. And if we don't know anything more than that, that is enough of a purpose for our lives. That's enough for us to walk that out, you know, and not doubt that God has a plan for us just because it's not, we're not a John the Baptist or just because we're not Jesus or because we're not a Samuel. God still has a charge and, and a, um, a call for Gary, for Veronica, you know, for all of us. Right. And if you listen to, um, the last episode, you will realize how that is. You know, Joseph's life was, wasn't a piece of cake. Moses' life wasn't a piece of cake. And they had no idea of the message or the word that God spoke to Abraham about. So even before they were born, even before there was an Isaac, even before Abraham had a son, God spoke their existence without them being born and put in the womb. We may not get the Elizabeth, the, the Mary scenario, but be assured that God has a plan for each one of us. And some are to honor and some are to dishonor. So you just got to, Christ is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Where's your heart connected to that? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Your words are life and we give you praise and honor for them, Lord God. Father, we ask that you would continue to open our ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church, Lord God. We ask that you would continue to give us an obedient heart to follow what your word says, O Lord. Lord, we just give you the honor and the glory. And we pray, Father God, for anyone listening, Lord Jesus, who does not know you, Father, that they will come to know you as Savior and as Lord. Father, and all they need to do, Lord, is to confess that they are a sinner, that they are in need of a Savior, that you are that Savior, the one who came from heaven, who died on the cross, who was buried, and who rose again, Lord God. And all they have to do is to believe in him. Just confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And believe in your heart and you will be saved. Because God does not want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. And we thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. If you need prayer or if you have any questions or responses, you can contact us by sending us an email at iwfimh at gmail.com. That's iwfimh at gmail.com.